0: Today's episode is brought to you by the Frankenmuth Convention and Visitors Bureau. Come plan your vacation at Frankenmuth.org. My name is Cliff Dubinois. After 20 years, I've returned to my native Michigan only to discover that Michigan has evolved and I'm looking to reconnect with it. Now I'm traveling the main roads and back roads of Michigan, reliving childhood memories and discovering new experiences. And hopefully I'll have a few epiphanies along the way. From restaurants, hotels, parks, any place that puts a smile on your face and moves your heart. I want to meet the people who are behind these experiences, learn their stories, find out what inspires them. Welcome to the Call of Leadership podcast, Passport Edition. Five years ago, I was planning a trip back to Michigan. I reached out to some family members, asking them to pick a spot where we could just, let's just meet. Relax, hang out, have a drink. We'll go to Prost, they replied without hesitation. Located in Frankenmuth, Michigan, I admit I had low expectations when I approached the front doors of Prost for the very first time. This was going to be just another quickie restaurant offering simple bar food and sloppy cocktails. Fortunately, I was wrong. Prost is now the rendezvous spot for me and my friends. But what is it about Prost? Prost? How does it survive when it's so different? Why do so many people love this place and who are the people that are behind it? They say that if you want to learn more about an artist, study their art. If you want to learn more about a restaurant tour, study their menu. Let me introduce you to Karina and Zach, two of the coolest people that you could ever hope to meet.
1: So I'm originally from Sault Ste. Marie, Ontario, Canadian side, and Zach is from Sioux, Michigan, but oddly enough he was born in Sioux, Canada. So we met after some travels. I'll, I can speak to my destination. I went to school in Ottawa. I did my undergrad in Ottawa and then I moved to Toronto and I worked there for about two years. And then I decided at that point that I wanted to go to law school. So I applied to Cooley Law School in Lansing and this is close to home. And um, it was just something different. And I got in and here I am. Year two, I think, at Cooley, and then my friend introduced me to Zach when we were in Lansing, and that's how
2: we met. Yeah, and then I I grew up in Frankenmuth, so I feel fortunate about that, and my family's had businesses in Frankenmuth, so um, you know, I've always been roaming around Main Street for my life, but then I I played hockey prior, and I played at Michigan State, and then from there, I played a little bit in the minors and, and traveled all around, so I was gone from Frankenmuth for about 12 Years probably pretty regularly just because of hockey and things like that. So kind of reintroduced. We both moved back together and, and then started
0: Prost. Why did you pick restaurants as a, as a business?
2: So it's kind of, I think, a little bit of a funny story. We always dreamed about Prost being here. And, and um, this spot in particular, we'd talk about it. And we'd walk around. And um, I w- was working with our family business in the candy business. And, uh, you know, my dad built it, grew it, worked in it, and, you know, that was like his passion, the thing he loved the most, and I loved working with him every day. I'm thankful for it, I mean, right now more than ever. And um, But I felt like I needed to do a little bit more, so one day after work I was like, I'm just going to call and see if we can buy a liquor license, not knowing anything about it. No research. I'm, I'm a gunslinger like that, <laughs> and I... Thank God I married Karina, the lawyer, to do some research for me now and uh, get me out of, you know, some crazy mixes. But I just called this lady and she said, I'll sell it for you to you. And she, we literally, I was like, perfect, I'll buy it. And that weekend we drove up, you know, did the sale with her to Traverse City. She was such a nice lady. Came back and then I got a letter from the state and the letter said, you have 12 months to open I never knew that I thought you could just right. get a liquor license and sit, yeah, on, it. sit on it right. and so from that moment I knew we're into one, we're into one.
0: <laughs> And so
2: the that it,
0: it, it, we really got pushed to do it so kind of mm-hmm. like you kind of like you jumped in and then figured out that oh I'm supposed to swim now right. yeah exactly right. Right. that's exactly what happened you
1: know, for us it was always wanting to create a really want to create a cool place for people to enjoy and then we thought if we can do that I, I hope and think the rest will just come together so that was our main goal is just let's just make sure we provide excellent customer service a good comfortable fun atmosphere it's frank and new. the community really supports one one another and if we can just continue to work hard and just try our best at the pros then I think we can build on that and continue to be successful. So we really didn't think of much else other than let's just focus on getting it done right at the beginning. So when he called me, he said, "Hey, we bought a liquor license." My heart sank. I thought, "Oh my god." <laughs> so I did some research again, and I found a woman out in <laughs> Detroit. Her name was Mindy Lopez. She had opened a couple restaurants in Birmingham, and now she had a wine school and i reached out to her and i said hey mindy no my name is karina i live in frankingwood my husband and i just bought a liquor license and we would like to open a wine bar could you help us and she said you sound exactly like me and how i started and i would love to help you guys so we drove down to detroit we met her and she was a savior for us.
0: Uh, yeah,
2: I swear she was like an angel she
1: taught us <laughs> that
2: Jesus, just came you know, into our life.
1: The, yeah, all the policies and procedures of a restaurant, and I'll never forget when we had our, um, our soft opening. You don't know what you're doing, you know, but she was there watching everything. And at the end of the night, I said, I think that was pretty good.
2: <laughs> Me she too, had, we were celebrating, we like, were, wow, that was amazing.
1: Right. She had a list. Like a receipt paper Long list She's like You need to get All of this stuff By tomorrow And my heart again I was like you got to be I felt defeated Because though it was good She said you got to be great And every single item That she told us to purchase Whether it was Another bus stop Just something extra We still use Everything To this
2: day It was amazing And I think I I loved the help From her From my hockey background You know I really loved the Somebody kind of barking at you and I, I respond well to that and she was very good at knowing what needed to be done and expecting me and Karina to do it and I just thought it was perfect. Yeah. She was, it was a match made in heaven for, for us with her so we were thankful.
0: Prost was born because a lawyer and a hockey player chased their dream and bought a liquor license. Fortunately, they found a great mentor, a real mentor, who pushed Zach and Karina not to have a good restaurant, but dared them to be great. And they responded. They say that success is doing a lot of little things right. And it's oftentimes these little things, these small details that go unnoticed. And because they go unnoticed, it makes the experience much more enjoyable. But there's one detail that I really wanted to explore with them.
2: We always talk that we we try to be more European in our way that we do it than anything because they I feel like if you go there, they they're not as in as much of a hurry. Nope, as us, you know, and and. Uh, you know you see that in their service in their restaurants too sometimes you might feel it's slow but it's just because they and want relax. people to just hang and yeah. have a and catch up and have fun and we tell our people that all the time if people want to come here and sit at a table all night
1: hang, drink, great eat
2: whatever. do they can yeah. even if they are just having water or you know after the finished, perfect they're gonna love it and they're gonna come back because you're not trying to get them to move so that another table can come and sit you know it's it is one million percent exactly what you said
1: and that's why well no yeah one of the bigger reasons why we don't take reservations really on weekends because we can't it's just not that typical restaurant where someone's going to come and eat and you can gauge okay we'll be here an hour and they're going to move on we have guests here for four hours we don't know we don't know. care just stay and hang and do your thing we don't want anyone to feel rushed you know?
2: and this weekend you know there there was uh you know some tables that were here over four and a half hours to me that's a success you know, do not Not every tour might say that. I think a lot of people would probably be like, what are you thinking? You know, but yeah, it's all about turn and burn. Yeah, but honestly, I, I disagree in the certain atmosphere. If it's the right place, I think. And that's what we wanted Pros to be, a place where people can come and just chill
0: and hopefully create an experience. Now, what about, because it seems like every time that I say I'm going to be interviewing Zach and Karina, for some reason or another, there's like a new business that pops up on that list of places that you own in Frankenmuth. <laughs> so what are the, the businesses that you guys got your hands in here? So
1: personally, per- just the two of us, and then I can we'll let him continue on. Just the two of us, we have Croast, and then we have Old Crepe and Coffee, which is up in Sault Ste. Marie, Michigan. Okay. So we opened that, I think, about four years ago. It's seasonal, so I'm always getting my ears confused. Um, so that's what we do together. And then, Zach, you can.
2: Yeah, and then I, um, when I first came back home, my family's been in the candy business and I grew up in the candy business, fudge, fudge, uh, chocolates, all things in between, taffy. And um, so when I came home, I came back to, to work in that business and, um, and I still do that today. So I, uh, we have a, a few shops here in Frankenmuth that do that. Each one manufactures its own stuff. So I think that's the coolest part about the candy business. A lot of candy stores you see and they sell the candy, you know, but they don't make the candy. And um, it's kind of been something that as a company we're trying to to advertise a bit more because I don't know if people know that we make everything, caramels, toffees, taffies, you know, and uh, I don't know a lot of people don't do that anymore I had had a guy in last week um, a rep for ice cream and they make their own ice creams. they're out of Wisconsin he was a great guy um, and I just said well do you want to just take a tour of our building and yeah, I walked back and there was like four ladies all making all these candies and he literally looked at me He was like you guys make your own chocolates I was like yeah we make all of them and he dead serious looked at me he was like you got to tell people that more he was like no one does that (laughs) he was like all these big companies they all like there's a company that just makes it all for them with their recipe like they don't you don't walk in a back room and there's four ladies making all of it yeah you know and i guess i never i just grew up in it i thought it was normal normal right and so i don't know that not to get off topic of this but i just thought that was
0: kind of a cool moment that just happened in the last week now i'm starting to get it Sarah Blakely, founder of Spanx and the first female billionaire said, don't be intimidated by what you don't know. That can be your greatest strength and ensure that you do things differently from everybody else. Zach and Karina leveraged what they didn't know to build something that was truly different. And being different isn't just something that they pay lip service to, it's put into practice. Being real, being authentic, that's woven into the very fabric of their backgrounds and it's how they built Prost. So now I understand a little bit more behind the idea and the concept of this great restaurant. Now it's time to talk about food and wine. And when we come back, we'll do just that. And if you're not hungry, you will be. Today's episode is brought to you by the Frankenmuth Convention and Visitors Bureau. German architecture, chicken dinners, and the world's largest Christmas store are just the beginning. Frankenmuth is quickly becoming known for so much more than chicken and Christmas. From trendy dining to timeless horse-drawn carriage rides, kayaking to adventure parks, ballparks, water parks, regular parks, sweet Moses, there's a lot to do in one trip to Frankenmuth. Visit the must-sees of Little Bavaria, then grab your crew and find something new waiting to be discovered. Pack a picnic blanket, order takeout from your favorite place, and let your kids delight in exploring while soaking up the little moments in life. Join the generations of families in our hotels during the 175th anniversary season in 2020. The perfect road trip awaits you. Start planning your unforgettable family vacation at Frankenmuth.org. Now back to the show. During our talk, our server slinks up to our table. She lays down a few charcuterie boards. Now, charcuterie is a collection of cured meats. A charcuterie board is a collection of meats, cheeses, toast, fruit, and sauces, all arranged to show off the beauty of the food. The server puts down this third dish, something I've never seen before, but whatever it is, it is beautiful. They say that you eat with your eyes. And right now, my eyes, starving Marvin. German
2: board the cool thing that we really wanted to do is you know we're really lucky in Frankenmuth we have some awesome butchers and people that make their own products and so we decided we needed to do a German heritage board here that just all things made Frankenmuth and uh, so that's that you know our German board here with yeah Braunschweiger, Jagwurst, summer summer sausage, sausage, the liver pate, you know all being made right here in town between we use Willie's and Kerns for those and both of those places are great you know and, and we see them all the time you know those guys yeah, sure. and uh, so it makes it cool for us too you know
1: and if they try something new or have a new product I mean we used to have just a regular liver pate and Willie said hey why don't you try our liver and bacon pate for this venue try it out so we did and we loved it and our guests loved it and so it's nice it's nice It's a nice relationship that we have I know that
0: growing up, usually the the, the pate was something I avoided because it was liver. Right. But again, one of those trips to Europe, I tried foie gras for the first time. Yeah. Oh, I can't get enough. Oh, no, <laughs> no, that, that stuff like is a awesome. Crack monkey. I agree. More,
2: more. more. Yeah, more, that more. stuff is so good. Oh my god. But yeah, yeah, it does take. So you gotta like. Get, I agree with like foie gras. You gotta like, things like that. You gotta, yeah. You gotta have confidence in. Yeah. At first, you yeah. know, on where it's coming from. Where it's coming from,
0: for sure, for sure. Yeah, it's good it's excellent. So, is this the type of plate that you have here? Is this something that you know, if somebody were coming to a restaurant and saying, you know what, I want to try that German board, would this be more like an appetizer? Would this be something? I know you talked about you know pick and eat before. You what was? What?
1: It's up to really up to the guests. We see we see it all. They they may yeah, grab more. a board to share with the table as an appetizer or some guests just come in and say no I'm here to have a charcuterie board and you know have a beer have a glass of wine and this is what I'm going to have as my meal so it's you know flexible whatever
2: you want yeah excellent yeah Yeah. you know we when another thing too with Prost is when we started it a big thing that we always said was like we know what we want to try to be good at which is you know charcuterie and wine and cocktail program we want to make sure we're really good at all those things because we're blessed in Frankenmuth, seriously, to have two of the largest, you know, uh, family-owned restaurants in in the United States. And those, they do such a good job there, and so many, you know, like, you can get a really great meal there, and you're going to leave full from those places, you know, that we just wanted to try to be, when we started, a really good compliment, right? Where people are like, hey, let's go, let's have a board, maybe a couple cocktails, and then our reservation's at eight here you know because you never know and when we first started and I that was really and truly what we had in our head in that aspect you know um, and I don't know if so I, I, yeah we see people eat those as meals and we see them share them you know we don't I don't really know where that is yeah. in,
0: you know yeah. but, but what we see would be over. what would be like if somebody were coming in here and they did get the sport what would be like a wine or a cocktail that you would recommend to compliment or even a beer Perfect German. We have a German Riesling.
2: Yeah. I mean, you go like a little bit of a sweeter white wine with German meats off the chain. Yeah, it's it's, it's where.
1: The it. rule of thumb is you want to stick to the wine region with the food that you're eating. So, I mean, a German Riesling would be excellent with a German board. And then I would say, you know, a, a Italian Chianti would be great with the Italian board. You know, even though you have a red wine versus a white wine, but it's just the different. You know,
2: yeah, the parmesan cheese right. goes with you know like a little bit of a drier red wine sure. uh-huh. I, I mean if you have a dry parmesan cheese and you eat just that and you literally drink the wine while it's still in your mouth to me, it's like That's where it's at.
0: <laughs> so talk to me a little bit about the Italian board
1: All Right, so the Italian board we have our prosciutto di parma or mortadella which is my Mortadella is like the, the meat that I grew up on when you slice mortadella on a slicer When I'm walking in the back of the kitchen, I'm like, I feel like I'm seven years old, walking home, and my mom's just cutting up the mortadella for me. And I just, I get that feeling every time I walk in our kitchen and I smell the mortadella. Then we have the Parmigiano Reggiano, Giardiniero, which is a pickled vegetable. And then we have silver stewed tomatoes and Caso Vettrano olives with a dry Italian salami. So the, uh.
2: All the heavy hitters.
1: yeah, Yeah, the key ingredients.
0: Why is it that food always seems to take us back to childhood? (laughs) And I say that because this is like the second story that you have shared where you've gone back to a memory when you've talked about food.
1: I think my childhood was so important to me. Um, Now that I'm older, I lost my dad when I was 15 years old. And growing up now, I find myself wanting to hold on to my my past so much only because i was able to learn so much from him and my family and with them coming from italy and sharing their experiences with us and just sharing their tradition you have to hold on to that and i think that's what's so important to me i don't want to lose that because you know that grandparents are getting older They're not going to be around. You know, my dad's not around. So it's like you have to be that one to try to hold on to your, those memories and and don't let that fade. And
2: I think that's really
0: important to me. And be able to share them with the next generation that's coming up and be able to create your own memories. For sure. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And Italians love food. A lot of people do. do, So let's talk about the one dish on the menu that you wish everybody would at least try.
2: I'll set the tone for Karina to take over with it, but um, we it just came out. We just made a, made a new menu right before um, the whole COVID thing yeah. kicked. So it's been brand new in the last couple of weeks. Uh, but we make our porchetta in house, and uh, it's awesome. We sold it for Father's Day and no, it or was, uh, for, I
1: know, Father's yeah right. Easter Easter.
2: Yeah, forgive me. We sold it for Easter uh, just, you know, as, as everything was closed for, for ordering. And, um, mm-hmm. I mean, y- if you eat the porchetta, oh my gosh, it melts in your mouth. So we came out with this dish because we thought it had the chance at being a signature dish, and it's very unique. it's so. an
1: appetizer, we used to carry the porchetta and the panini a couple of years ago. And, I mean, in the panini is delicious, but really, we got to just have it on its own because it's that good. So our chef tried a couple options and he came up with this dish and I was like, yeah, this is it. Like this is so, so good,
2: so. It's like drop your fork good. You know, like when you, you take a bite of it and it, it it like hits you like a cinder block. I'm not kidding, It's un, it melts. It's so good. But when I first had it, he we had a party and he made it. He was like, I wanna try it with this party. So we were like, okay, we'll put it on a plate and I'll never forget. Like everyone at the party was like, what? is this
0: and where can i get it yeah, yeah.
2: We we're like oh it's just something that jacob was trying and, and yeah it was like you sit back and you drop your fork you're like holy smokes
0: that is good yeah nice yeah. yeah and what is in this dish now
1: so we have a a aoli on the base and then we have uh, two relatively thicker slices of the porchetta which uh, as i mentioned before it's pork tenderloin wrapped in pork belly, and then we sous vide it, and then we bake it, which is going to give it that crunchier exterior. And then on top, we have arugula and uh, radicchio, which I am a big fan of radicchio, and that's in a light dressing with some cherry tomatoes and crushed marcona almonds. Yeah.
0: All you. right, so I'm starting to really drool on myself now, <laughs> so if it's okay, and I want you guys to join me. I don't want to eat this all by myself. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, we will. Me. Sure. Great. So do you think it's more the food that drives your menu or is it the wine that drives your menu? It's,
1: hey, that's another very good question. That is a
0: great question.
1: <laughs> but you know what? A lot of I mean we're it's like fifty fifty.
2: Yeah, yeah, we are. We're thankful for it. But yeah, I don't know. I, I would like to think I I don't know, that's a great question. And what drives it more really think they're good partners in crime they're, they're here good,
1: they're excellent partners i mean we see it i mean it's I love it yeah.
0: love it yeah. love it,
1: yeah.
0: love, it. Yeah. love it. now you have um because i actually had some friends and I, I did not notice this before because it wasn't until i started this podcast that i started getting really exposed to a lot of michigan wines mm. yeah. but i know that you do you do offer michigan wines and apparently you have even uh the Mauby sparkling wines do? we do yeah we love mobby they're they're great and we've collaborated with them a lot oh yeah
2: yeah um they actually just started making a, uh, a private label sparkling for us. Really? Yeah, and we offer um, each—we have six different labels, so kind of to make almost like a collector's edition, if you wanted to say that. Um, each label is a different kind of photo of Prost that would, like, kind of— you may not even know it. Like, it might just be, like, the under of an umbrella is one, right? Mm-hmm. But then it's kind of a picture-type label. Yeah. But— um. So they've done awesome. We've been huge fans of them. And St. Uh, Julian. Julian, we do a lot of work with them. They've, they have some unbelievable uh, wines, especially like their Rieslings are great. Um, and Black Star Farms, we do a lot of work with them too. Interesting. Um, yeah. It was another Chateau one. Chantel. Yeah. Just started. We just started with Chateau Chantel. And, but I would say, probably predominantly, we've done most work with Mauve. We have their uh, sex on draft. So we have draft wine. And we were really early in the draft wine game uh, for the state of Michigan. I think we were, we were either the first or second place that, to have wine on, wine on tap. And I think we—I don't know if anybody has six wines on draft. I—I um, I haven't seen it yet in our state. I haven't even heard of it. It's but
1: amazing. I mean, it's it, a great concept, and we we recommended, especially a lot of our friends that contemplate starting a restaurant. I mean, we just said, why? Why not? I mean. It's sustainable, I and mean, you're getting fresh wine every single time. And these are good wineries. I think people put the concept of oh, wine on draft. I'll never forget our first, I think, two months opening. This lady came in, and she did not like our concept of wine on tap, and she made it known that she was a. Um, the, uh, member of all these wineries in Napa. Mm-hmm. And this, Real hoity toity. Right. Yeah, Man, come she to was out, all. <laughs> she, wow.
0: Right.
1: We ended up winning a People's Choice Award for our Wine on Tap um, with uh, free flow wines out of Napa. We sent our uh, Elliot and Constance down to Napa.
2: To accept to, the award? Uh, last year, yeah.
1: Uh, two years ago to accept our Katie Award, is what it was called. And, uh, you know, they looked at the flow and, and how much of the wine that we actually do sell and how many wines we carry and just the whole concept of, of roast and what it stands for for us. And we ended up winning the People's Choice Award and in Napa. So I thought of that lady. oh, there you
2: go. <laughs> 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 no, there it was go. funny, but, yeah,
0: it's a great program for yeah. sure. Mm-hmm. When you mentioned, uh, so you mentioned we talked about Maui and we talked about uh, Black Star Farms. So my fiancé and I, we've had this Ritual for a while now, where we do Champagne Saturdays, and every Saturday night I we crack it. open a bottle of bubbly. We get two cheeses that I know that she'll like, but we always get a third cheese okay. that neither one of us has ever had before, which is you the wild card, find, by the way, the wild card. Yeah. yeah, and we either get Sex, yeah, Detroit, mm-hmm. yes. or from Black Star we get their Delighted. Oh, okay, yeah, delighted, I think we did try that. Okay,
1: I haven't yeah. tried that one yet because
0: I love. To me, rosé speaks of a very summertime yeah. type drink, you know, with it being a slight pink to it and stuff. And I, d- yeah. I just love that, that rosé color. Rose Huge rosé guy. guy. Really? Yeah. yeah. I love it. I think it's
2: awesome. I just love the feeling of something cold, you know. I'm not, I like white wine, mostly the dry ones but i feel like there's something about a rosé that you can almost kind of get that like pinot noir or cab because a lot of times there's those grapes so you get that flavor but you still get that kind of feel of like something cold and crisp right. yes and man i just i just eat it up in the summertime yes. i love it
1: rosé all day is his
2: line for sure yeah i mean it's i live it he
1: does he does live that
0: line
2: yeah no but it's i i really like it a lot yeah and i love bubbles we were our whole staff really loves bubbles especially our management team if we go to any real function we we usually always have bubbles as a group like that's how we start our
0: right
1: our meeting
2: or whatever you know
1: zach was always one to explain to our staff hey look you know champagne sparkling wine it doesn't need to be your salvatory drink where you only can have it on a special occasion enjoy it enjoy it at any time enjoy it with popcorn enjoy it with chocolate enjoy it with you know appetizer just enjoy it on a hot day you don't have to wait for that special occasion to enjoy a little bubbly, and so we re- really push to offer more glasses of bubbly um, by the glass instead of by the bottle, and then have more of the bubble option by the bottle.
0: Yeah. The uh, I, and I have to admit this: the concept of getting the the, the bubbly by the glass is just right. it's just completely new to me. How mm-hmm. did you even get exposed to that in the first place? Was somebody did somebody bring this to you? Have you seen this before?
1: No, I think it just really stems from saying. that. You know hey look sometimes you just want to have a glass of bubbly and you know sometimes when you're having you know champagne the the price of a bottle is maybe not what you want to spend or nor do you want to have a whole bottle of bubbly maybe you just want to have that one glass and typically we if we go out we'll start off with one glass just to kind of set our night Mm -hmm. you know get the you know appetite going and that's all you need is one glass. So we yeah. just thought, let's
2: make it more approachable and just
0: offer it by the glass. Because I, I, I love that concept because it allows people to try something yeah. without committing to a bottle. Right. Yes. It, so the, one of the times that I came here, my fiance and I came here, and she had like very little experience yeah. drinking bubbly. I love your Prosecco. It's great. Yes. I love your Prosecco. Oh, thank but you. But I knew that we could come and get a glass of the Prosecco. Yeah. And yeah. if she didn't like it... Okay, but at least we didn't have to commit to a bottle. Right. right. And I think we wound up drinking a bottle anyway. So yeah, we yeah. Ordering glasses round after round. And that's
2: like what we, that was a big thing too. We wanted people to be able to try different ones. So, you know, we switch our menus up almost every season. We yeah. do. And so I think like last season we had a Prosecco, a Champagne, a Cava, and then we had a Sparkling. So there's four different regions yeah. all by the glass. So you could literally try all four and you'd be able to see what makes. A Cava tastes different from a Prosecco. And then you can see why, what a Michigan sparkling tastes different than, you know, so you can kind of almost do the
0: taste off right there. Right. Now, do you offer that as a flight?
1: We don't do the bubbly. We don't.
0: I, yeah, I don't think
2: we do. Well, our staff is going to kill us for this. I
1: I mean, we have a ton of flight options, but I don't think
2: bubbly. I think we did have a bubble flight. Hmm but we did little they were little splits.
1: Oh, yeah. Sure. Okay. We did them in
2: a in a bucket. Yes, You know. Right. So, it was the same thing. Yeah, you could get a champagne, a cava, and a prosecco. That's right. And, and so that way you a can
0: <laughs> Yeah, sorry. New menu. I'm blaming on you. No, no. You no, no, guys are changing all the time and that's great. Oh, <laughs> How important is it that you're cuz I know you mentioned here, especially you rattled off like four or five places here in Mouth where you get these yeah. get these different meats and and cheeses like, and stuff. Yeah. How important is it to you to source Locally, especially in in like you know like just, it, let's just say Michigan to begin with, but in right. the area as well. Yeah. I
1: think as mo- as much as we can, we'd love to source locally. But again, being heavy on the that European vibe for us, it's if I'm going to put an Italian and a Spanish and a French charcuterie board out, we have to import those items from those regions. So, right, sure. For the most part, you know a lot of our, our produce and. Um, whatever we can do our bread locally, we will do. Mm-hmm. But then we have to bring in yeah. the imports
2: sometimes. Yeah, sure. and we have a great company that we work with right out of Frankenmuth that does all like our greens and um, herbs and things like that. And, and yeah, they're awesome leafy yeah. greens. Leafy greens. They're amazing right in town, and I think you can even get things now from them just for your home. just for your home. home. And yes, like yeah. when we tried, I mean not plugging them but not it's the, just the truth when we tried their their spring mix compared to just a normal spring mix which is all good it mm. was day. shocking oh, yeah. the difference yeah. and so th- that's been fun for us to be able to carry shocking, good, shocking, good, shocking good shocking bad shocking good okay i just all couldn't right. believe it yeah. i didn't think that there would be that big of a difference you know but they're, they're... beautiful yeah
1: so yeah so we're really fortunate that
2: we have them
1: locally and we've sourced from them
2: Sure. Yeah.
1: Even our cocktails. It's like, oh my gosh, that's a new cocktail. Our cocktail program is incredible. I mean, we we speak so highly of our food, but I think our cocktail program is just a whole other story. Mm -hmm. We have, you know, Constance who, again, we outsourced um, at the beginning, just with with Mindy, and we had our friend named Thomas, and he was a bartender mixologist down in Detroit and he came uh, to Frankie Booth with with Mindy because they worked together on a few projects, Yeah. and so he again set that bar for a bartender to say, hey look, you're not just back there just mixing up a couple drinks, this is a craft, and people are really relying on you to showcase that craft, and and this is how you do it, and how you become successful, and just being passionate, a bartender is the same as a chef, you gotta be passionate about everything that you do and making your cocktails with really good ingredients and staying consistent and it's it's yeah. huge so our, i'm really proud of our cocktail program because
2: you know, yeah you can come in and get the same tasting cocktail every time and i mean it doesn't matter who's back there or not they do a really
0: really really good job because oftentimes the cocktail is the first thing that people experience when right. they come in to see a restaurant mm-hmm. you know and if you're if your cocktails don't wow them they're probably not going to go much further
2: right. right i agree yeah i do and yeah, we work really hard at our cocktail program. Constance is our bar manager and she right. she oh. is fun. If you wanna like sit with somebody and talk booze, she's cool. <laughs> and, uh, so knowledgeable. It's, yeah. Her knowledge is off the charts. Whenever I hear her talk, you know, whether it's a training or we did some classes online uh, over the COVID and she is just incredibly passionate and knows a lot of stuff and she does her homework and I just love listening to her. When I, I find myself, you know, those people that you watch and all of a sudden you realize that you've just been like watching them but smiling at them, but you're not like even, yeah. I find myself like that with Connie when she talks to you know our, our people about the, the cocktail program or why we're gonna use this rum instead of this yeah. rum for this cocktail and yeah. she goes off about it, it's like, it's awesome. She kicks butt. She's a big reason on our cocktail program, for
0: sure. So I've been here a number of times. Yeah. Always enjoyed it. And I left there. And and I'll tell you the truth, that the biggest question that I had was, how in the world does this place make it in Right. Because it's so different. Yeah. And it's not a bad thing. No, we really wanted to be different. Yeah, and you did. I mean, you guys really, like, pulled a left turn. And the cool thing is, is people responded to it. It was scary. Yeah. Why is it scary?
2: It just was at the beginning because we knew we wanted it to be very different.
1: What would we have noticed if we look back at the menu number one to this menu, people, and I, I say this to the staff all the time, to our kitchen, people are growing with us. Or, um, I don't know if they're growing with us, but maybe they're just, they, they trust us more and they just understand our concept more, so they're willing to maybe take that risk with us and that journey with us, like you can call it a journey, and, and I think... Or I—that's how I feel, you know. I I just see how much we've grown as a business from our first menu. I always look back at that first menu, and I just like, wow, we've changed. We've changed a lot, and and we haven't—we've been able to do it because people are taking the journey with us. So it's really cool.
0: Did you ever think that Prost was going to be successful like this? I think it's
2: completely blown away everything that we really Mm -hmm. thought was going to happen. We thought. Um, we hoped for probably like 10 to 15 people coming in at a night and drinking uh, and having a charcuterie board when we first opened. I mean, that was that was like literally our hope, and it it's just exceeded all of our expectations. And I really not like cheesily saying it, but I th- really think it's the group of people that work here that really yeah. make yeah. the difference. Have made it that way. It, it's they are they are. Our staff is really fun, yeah. and they're really good people, yeah. and we're—I feel really lucky about that.
1: And they, they they just buy into what it is that we're trying to share with the community, and they respect one another. They're a really good team together, and that's one of the one of the funny things that people will say when they start working here. Is so your kitchen gets along with your server staff? Uh-huh. <laughs> like, uh-huh. Yeah, so, you know we tell them you know, please thank you I always have to say that they're like I I never yeah. knew that they were all so stunned but that is so it's so important
0: to us I'm so <laughs> what's it like to be able to share something so passionate with so many people it's really fun I mean we've
1: you my our body is like buzz and I'll call my mom and it'll be a Friday night that you know I'll come in here and see everyone and I leave I hop in the car and I'll call my mom on my way home and I'm like, Mama, it honestly just gets me so excited just to see people enjoying themselves, having fun, smiling, laughing. When I walk around, I just see one person reaching on a plate or grabbing here and they're toasting each other or things that they order. I'll be like, Zach, did you see that? They just ordered that. Or, oh my gosh, they're trying that. Like, I love that. I just love it.
0: When I started my journey at the beginning of this episode, I wanted to understand what made Prost so different. Come to find out, being different is in their DNA. It's something that's woven into the very fabric of Prost. Prost is a story that Zach and Karina are still writing, and they share it with us every time we go. But it's a story told not with words. It's something that we experience. Experiences shaped by that perfect recipe of when you take great friends and combine them with really good food and great wine. What is the story that Zach and Karina are sharing? It's simple. It's a story of love and of passion, as told through their restaurant called Prost. My name is Cliff DuVenois, and this has been the Call of Leadership podcast, Passport Edition. Hey everyone, if you enjoyed this episode, then subscribe to our email newsletter. When you subscribe, you'll get new episode announcements. You'll get all kinds of great behind the scenes information on upcoming guests. Plus you'll receive special offers from our guests and partners that you can only get through the email newsletter. Subscribing is quick, easy, and best of all, it is free. Just go to callleadership.com email, type in your email address and you're done. Once again, that's callofleadership.com slash email. I'll catch you in the next episode.